God isn't interested in technology. He cares nothing for the microchip or the silicon revolution. Look how he spends his time. 43 species of parrots. Nipples for men. Slugs. Slugs. He created slugs. They can't hear. They can't speak. They can't operate machinery. They definitely can't listen to this episode of the Retro Rewind podcast. Reflux capacitor. Fluxing. Crew. Welcome, Rewinders and new listeners to the Retro Rewind podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I am your captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your XO and mine, Paul, the master interrupter of powers. Hey, this episode is free, right? Of course, always. Why? The poor are going to be absolutely thrilled. Uh, have you met them at all? Who? The poor? The poor? Oh, you must meet them. I just know you'll like them. Charming people. Of course, they haven't got two pennies to rub together, but then that's because they're poor. Also for this discussion of the film, Time Bandits, we welcome back aboard entertainment officer Chris Cowan. Welcome back, Chris. Hey, great to be here. This is awesome. Awesome. Great to have you here. Now that you have a quick flyby of who we are, Paul, can you give us a quick overview of the production specs for Time Bandits? Yes, Time Bandits was released <laughs> July 16th, 1981 in the UK. Ooh. I guess that's short for Ukraine, right? That's short like that. for the United Kingdom, Paul. Oh, okay. Oh. It runs one hour and 50 minutes, is rated PG, and is directed by Terry Gilliam of mm. Francisco's favorite Monty Python. Do fame. we have to bring that up? It was written by Michael Palin, and guess what, Francisco? Also Terry Gilliam. Good for the Gilliam. Okay, good. And some stars in this that you may recognize include Sean Connery, Shelley Duvall, and John Cleese, mm -hmm. who's also of Monty Python fame. Mm. The music was composed by Mike Moran. Moran, not Moron. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. All right, you ready for the box office trivia game? I'm ready. Chris, are you ready? I was born ready. Well, of course. And then, chat, feel free to join in. Paul, go ahead. All right. Time Bandits was made for about $5 million and earned around $40 million at the box Ooh, wow. office. Wow. Well done. G given this and the fact that it was released theatrically in 1981, how high in the box office do you think it ranks among the other movies of 1981? We'll do top 50. Okay. And actually, now that I realize it, I think I looked on IMDb and saw what it ended up being. So I'm going to have to recuse myself. But, um, oh, you cheater. I wasn't trying. just looking for trivia and it came up. So, Chris, what is your guess? One through Oof. 50. Yeah, one through 50. One through 50. For 1981. For 1981. Made 40 uh, million. Yeah. 40 million was, was pretty decent back then, I feel yeah. like. Mm -hmm. um, it was. I I gotta say, like, I don't know, maybe in the 20s to 30s. I'm gonna go with 30. 30? 30, 30 okay. right on the dot. Awesome. We have 42 from Bobo, of course. Uh, we have 20 from Neko, and 25 from Diaperman, 25 Coconuts, specifically. Ashley says 26, John says 36, Star Fox says 22. Uh, Paul, 
I'm going to I'm going to guess. I mean, I'm going to tell you what the IMDb told me and you tell me if it's right, okay? So, according right. to IMDb, it placed uh 10th in 1981. Ooh, sorry. According to the numbers.com, it came in at 16. Oh, okay. Wow. 16. All right. Now, this is for um worldwide and not theatr and not um in, uh inflated and all that. So, I don't sure. know if the numbers right. change on that. So, I think that makes Star Fox the Oh uh, no, uh Neko is the closest with 20. Good job, Neko. Well done, well done. You will get your uh, prize package of air sent your way soon. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> Air. <laughs> exactly. Some Perry air from Spaceballs. Thank you for those factoids, Paul. And let's see if any of them factor into our memory mind melt or subsequent roundtable discussion, which we'll get into once Alice is located, our target film. Alert. Alert. Approaching target. Spoilers are coming. Establishing analysis vector. America is exploding with laughter from Time Bandits. Newsweek calls it a fantastical comedy. Hello, I'm Hood. Flat out hilarious. Us Magazine calls Time Bandits incredibly spectacular. The Wizard of Oz of the 80s. The New York Times says the special effects in Time Bandits are marvelous. The Los Angeles Times says it's one of the great fantasy adventure films. Thank you very much. Very, very, very much. Time Bandits, rated PG, now playing at a theater near you. Yeah, now playing at the end of you. It's one of the, the great comedies. Or was it? Let's see what we remember about Time Bandits in our memory mind melt synopsis. Boy gets abducted by a bunch of little bandits who are chased through time by Grandmaster Control Program. <laughs> Uh, the bandits stop a guy on a horse. Then there's a pirate ship or something. Finally, somebody gets buried alive in an oven in a very anticlimactic ending. <laughs> I'd say that that's, that's right. almost all correct, but there is definitely some, uh, you know, deception going on but based mm. on those memories as flaws so so full wow so flawed as they were uh what rain did they lead you to predict before you rewatch this film or for me in, in the case of me moi francisco uh, this is my first time watching it uh what was your prediction of classic nostalgic or tragic uh chris how about you um i predicted tragic tragic um Honestly, my memory of it was was pretty fuzzy and also kind of mixed in with some memories from uh, Time Cop, Time Cop oh. starring Jean-Claude <laughs> Jean Van Damme. So the, the stopping a guy on a horse was uh, that was me because I was remembering the scene from the beginning of Time Cop where wow. like. These, this guy stops these people on a horse and then and it's like set in like the Middle Ages. And Which then he like kind of close pulls pulls out a machine gun and just <laughs> nails down wow. like all of these these guys on horses. So that that part you know kind of infiltrated my I see that my memory a little bit for whatever reason. What I remember from Time Cop is um, when a guy goes back to like before the stock market crash in the 1920s, and then mm. John Claude goes back for that. But that's. I, I maybe I'm confusing things with other movies. Uh, okay. So one of the things that I liked about Time Cop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just talk about 
Time Cop. Let's just talk about Time Cop. Yeah. 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 How he yeah. gets up on those actually. counters and is and is uh is tidy whities and so he doesn't get electrocuted. That was a cool a cool moment. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, never saw it. I, I don't remember that at all. Oh come on, it's like in the commercials for Time Cops. I swear. Anyway, <sighs> so for uh, Chris, he read tragic, uh, predicted, or predicted yeah. tragic, I should say. Paul, what was yeah. your prediction? Um, I saw this. Uh, my parents recorded it off of HBO or something like that in the mm-hmm. '80s, and I watched it several times, trying because I was about the same age as the boy, oh, okay, trying cool. to find some connection, and I did not, oh. and so I did not like it, and so mm. I haven't seen it since the '80s. So I predicted tragic. All right, tragic <laughs> read. Yeah, I had like I saw it as a teenager mm-hmm. in like the '90s, and okay. I and so like I had a, it was like me and some friends, and like one of the friends was like. Hey, I got this great movie called Time Bandit. And we're like, oh, sweet. This sounds cool. Time Bandit. The name says it all. Yeah. And we like put it on and we watch it and we're like, what the heck was that? What did we, what, what was this? I, I no can't like, right, right. Yeah. Watch Bloodsport next time. Uh, for yeah. me, I, not having much, um, much uh, familiarity with it other than like the cover which i never really understood what i was looking at uh but Mm. this i think this is loved by a good swath of people and i was always intrigued to watch it so i predicted nostalgic again never having seen it before Uh, it'll be interesting to see if those uh memories or that those predictions come true though i mean who knows maybe after watching this you guys are completely in a completely different place or maybe i am but uh before we get into our get to our final range, we have to get to our best three. The top three things we liked about Time Bandits. Chris, let's start with you. What's one thing you enjoyed about this film? Um, so it had some really fun characters and cameos. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and John Cleese's Robin Hood. You know, yes. uh, you kind of. You stole my thunder there at the beginning with the, oh. the quote there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you enjoy robbing then? Jolly good. Have you met the poor? You love the poor. I just loved that. That was very like Monty Python as, and you can definitely see that Monty Python. Uh, I mean, cause it's Terry Gilliam. Yeah. yeah. It's Michael Palin yeah. and it's John Cleese. And so you can see the, you, you know, the their influence, influence on mm-hmm. this, especially since it was written by two uh python veterans yes yeah yeah and, uh, yeah, and so, I could, yeah i could definitely see that and uh things uh, regarding that will probably come out later uh for me but paul what's something you enjoyed did you enjoy the the quirky comedy or something else yeah i'll start off by by giving my biggest laugh out loud moment oh, and okay. it is that robin hood scene oh, when, nice. you, when the poor start lining up and, and they just punch get, <laughs> And he punches that after they receive their reward, their their gold. He just punches them one by one. It's horrible. I was but... laughing so hard, and my <laughs> wife was just horrified. Like this is awful. And so I, she's absolutely right. But uh, I guess I guess it's the slapstick of it, or yeah. I don't know what. But I, I that just... was. The funniest part to me, yeah. It was so bizarre. It made no sense. It was just <laughs> exactly. like, hey, is that really necessary? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm afraid it is. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I agree. That was definitely a funny moment for me as well. Even though, yeah, it is horrific in a lot of ways. But uh, the, something that I enjoyed was, 
and there's I, you, we just spoke of how that's a horrible thing, but I actually liked that uh, Kevin, the the boy, was mm. he seemed to have he was like I don't know how you put it, maybe just the right mix of conscience and innocence. Like he was like mm-hmm. trying to get them to not do these things, but he's still going along with it because he is like this innocent character. Is like, well, I got to do this, and I, I just I thought he. For 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 what this movie was, I thought he carried the movie well. I, I was yeah. I was invested in, in his story and seeing what would become of him, which doesn't make the ending very satisfying. But I, I liked him as a character. Uh, I don't know. I kind of feel like joining a gang of time traveling pirates is a little rebellious, Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> and I know how you feel about rebellious children. Yeah, he had to go along. Point. That big face was coming into his bedroom. He didn't know what to make of that. We all have ways of justifying, <laughs> you know. Duck under the covers or go to the other side of the room That's and let him point. chase the little people. That's fair. That's fair. I, I feel like there are usually a lot of options, you know, prior to join a, a gang of time traveling bandits That's i'm just fair. you know that feels like a last resort to me Good. i don't, I don't... I, you know what? i can't dispute <laughs> that i think you guys are right uh right in the, in line with that uh so my my bad maybe okay maybe i should change my tragic maker now that i think about it <laughs> but we're not to that section yet i'm just kidding i'm I, just kidding i'm i know i know i i thought it was funny so i was going with it See, that's that I like go with the flow. And no, we should definitely explain our approach to this joke. Well, that makes and, it well, yeah. so much better. Why don't you <laughs> yeah. explain your next like to us, Chris, of Time Bandits? Okay. Um, it had some it had some pretty uh, quotable lines. The whole, yes. you know, like what? nipples for men. Oh, okay. And, I guess uh, I could see stuff like that being quotable. Yeah. And then, you know, a couple things like. Oh, so that's what the in- oh, so that's what an invisible barrier looks like. You know, yeah. just kind of little funny one-liners. Funny yeah, you know, I <laughs> yes, I could see on repeat viewings viewings that those becoming lines that were quotable. None of them really stuck out to me like as ones that I instantly would quote. But yes, I could see that being becoming. Yeah, a thing. some speaking of quotable lines, I saw this as a kid, like I said, and for some reason, this has stuck with me through the years. And when he gets to the point where the the evil guy is speaking to one of the the little bandits, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, "I've got an idea." It's like you've never had an idea in your life, or something like yes, that. Yes, yes. Every time I think of something, I have that line stuck. Like, oh, I've got an idea, <laughs> and I say it with that accent. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> wow. Is Just that is that what you liked, through. Paul? Were you, or well, just... one of my one of the things that I enjoyed about this film is the the journey through all these creative worlds and times and mm-hmm. and and seeing recognizable actors like mm-hmm. at the beginning i had to rewind it and go back and i was like there's jim broden from from uh the uh he's broadbent or broad i don't know but he's from he's the uh the ringmaster or the 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 main conductor guy from Moulin Rouge in Harry oh, Potter. He's the guy oh. that turns into the chair, that kind oh. of thing. He's been in a lot of things. Okay, okay. Um, who but was this was like this? early back in, huh? Who was he, he in was this? The, he was the TV host. TV host, that, yeah. That you see at the beginning and then at the end where his mom and dad yeah, appear. Yeah, yeah. At okay. The, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. he was, I mean, but there's a lot of recognizable actors. And honestly, it was fun to see the little people. Like, I haven't seen yeah. like these guys in years. Yes. I used to see them back. Um, it was, it wasn't one of them R2D2. Um, yeah, Kenny Baker, yeah, Kenny Baker was yeah. one of them. He was, fidget. yeah, 
And I knew he looked familiar. The the main guy, David Rappaport, the main little guy, mm-hmm. I enjoyed uh, the TV series The Wizard back in the 80s that he was the uh, main star of. And the, Mr. Wizard? Uh, no, The Wizard. What was it The was Wizard a, about? I don't remember a TV. Uh, I remember the movie The Wizard, not a TV no, show. No, yeah, yeah. That's with Fred Savage. Yeah. This was, let's see. Oh, they've rechanged IMDb. Where they is have. It it's now? so annoying now. Oh, oh my gosh. Where is it? I don't want to pay for pro plot. Here we go. Um, eccentric little person inventor has adventures battling evil around the world. Huh. Uh, yeah, but it, it, it's I haven't seen it since the 80s. But okay. He was in several TV shows around oh, that okay. time. And so I, I didn't recognize him. But yes, I, I yeah. it was. It was cool seeing some of those actors again that I've, that I've seen in other. I, I know I've recognized some of them from Willow. I think I, I'm, I think there is some crossover there. Um, there wasn't yeah. Warwick Davis wasn't in it. Yes, no, I know Warwick not. Davis wasn't in it. I think he might have been. Well, yeah, he was just like seventeen in Return of the Jedi, and that was eighty three. So he might have been still way too young for this. Oh, seventeen, wow. yeah. much younger. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Uh, something else I enjoyed. Was and I, it, I feel like this was completely implausible. So I don't know why this is a like of me, like for me. But I thought when they're in the cages and the way they get from one side to the other with the ropes, I thought that was pretty oh, yeah. genius. Though I don't think those ropes would hold, given how they made it from the rope above them. <clears throat> the so. physics were questionable, but yes, it was a fun yes, scene. Well, exactly. The realm was questionable, so okay, maybe the physics true. worked that's in that fair. realm. Oh, good <laughs> point. Fair. Good point. Uh, but I liked how they did that, how they came up with the solution for that. I thought it was in, ingenious. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's something else I liked. Let's get now into our classic makers, guys. What over overcame the physics of your mind to make it your most Ooh. loved thing? <laughs> let's, uh, let's start with Paul first this time. Um. I thought some of the writing and the dialogue and actually how they portrayed, uh, for lack of better words, Satan or the evil one, um, I thought they did an excellent job. Just like one of the lines, it says, he says, what sort of supreme being created such riffraff going off of what you're talking about at the beginning? In the intro, yeah. Is this not the workings of a complete incompetent? And one of the persons says, but he created you, oh, evil one. Well, if he created you, then he can't be entirely, then he, you know, Explosive, never yeah. talk to me like that again. No one created me. I am evil. Evil has existed long before good. I made myself. I cannot be unmade. I am all powerful. And I think that's just something exactly, I can imagine that's exactly how Lucifer would react. Like, yeah. Just yeah. like so full of pride and mm-hmm. so full of arrogance mm-hmm. and not making any sense. But <laughs> Definitely. That's And that speaks to something we were going to talk about in our bonus section of uh, spiritual speculation i have my mind is based on that um but uh let's see was uh the so he wasn't called satan in this i believe no he's called the evil evil genius or oh i saw evil evil genius or that too okay he's yeah. Just like God, quote unquote, God had a couple names besides yeah, Supreme, Being. Supreme yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Chris did. Uh, was there a standout character like the Evil Genius or the Supreme Being or Kevin that made your your thing you loved most, or was it something some other aspect of this film? Um, you know, I think that it it was there was a lot of like imagination to yeah, it. Um, totally. 
And I, and I think, you know, especially like if I like revert back to childhood, which comes naturally for me, <laughs> I, th- I think I can definitely like see appreciating just kind of the going along for the ride uh-huh. and like, oh, it's it, you know, no, we're now in this time period. And oh, like that's a ship and now it's someone's hat. Yeah. Sure. Well, the different okay. adventures they have. Yeah. 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 And well, the creative it, trail it follows. I feel like yeah. for for a kid, you know, it's probably the closest you're going to get to an acid trip for, <laughs> for at least a, a few years. And so yeah, I think. Hopefully. Yeah. Definitely, you know, very, wow. very, some fun to be had there. Yes. Yeah. It, it seemed Gulliver, Gulliver's Travels esque to me in that mm. way. That was just different mm. scenarios and different adventures based on where you were. Um, yeah. The the thing I loved most about it wasn't wasn't the adventure of it, but it was more related to what Paul said. I thought David Warner as the evil genius was just spectacular. I loved how he hammed it up, and yeah, the, the lines he said, uh, how he, uh, what lines were written for him. Yeah, definitely felt like things Satan would say, and I just really appreciated this portrayal. I was, at, when at first, I like, I didn't know what to expect with this film. I didn't know it was going to be a, a Satan and God type dynamic in this. So when that started up, like, I was watching this with my kids, and so I'm oh, like, no. oh, it's interesting how, where this is going to go. But I thought by the yep. end, it, it, it was a fine resolution. I wasn't, I mean, it was Hollywood theology, but it wasn't like horrible theology i guess i'll say it wasn't like completely like way way off and oh we're all just follow your heart and you know everyone's everyone just needs to find their truth and all that true to your heart you must be true to your heart (laughs) where's that from mulan oh my gosh okay let's so that's my classic making (laughs) for time bandits uh I, oh, you know, I also love the part where the bad guy touches himself in the future and then they disintegrate. Oh, wait, that's time cop. But, oh, that's well, okay. <laughs> but you know what? That, actually, being serious. Have we reviewed time cop yet? No, we, we need to review time, time cop. cop. Oh, no, my gosh. Yeah. Sign me up for that one because I've got an axe to grind. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Let's forget time bandits. Let's review for, it. Forget right? time bandits. Let's talk about. Okay. So. No, I'm Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but guys speaking of time he literally says the same thing cannot be in the same place at the same time then he throws the guy into the other guy and they occupy the same space at the same time yeah. and they explode it makes no sense whatsoever all right i had to say it no all right that was that's my classic maker for time crap. No. yeah <laughs> one more thing i liked though about uh i wanted to say for my likes was geek devotions Geek Devotions is a collaboration of devoted geeks that are devoted to letting people know that they are loved. They produce a weekly geek culture-infused devotional, their podcast ComTalk, and written articles, all designed to encourage and challenge people in the geek community, bridging the gap between their faith and their geekdoms. Find all their content at geekdevotions.com. That's great. That I love Geek yeah. Devotions. Uh, but what does that have to do with the uh, That was one Time of my Bandits. favorite parts of Time Bandits, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you probably... You must have, like, taken a bathroom break at that that part, oh, but wow. it was there. I remember okay. it. I remember no, it. wondering. So how it's related, Paul, is that uh, Geek yeah. Devotions and their podcast, they have this thing called Glicks that is similar to the impossibility drive in... Uh, what's, what's the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? So they can go anywhere, anytime, and in a blink of an eye, similar to in this, they can go to different spaces and times with oh, the time map. Glicks have a time map? 
You know what? How about some, uh, speaking of time maps, how about some uh, trivia related to time bandits? Yes, let's do that. All right. Hard segue or right there. Or time cop if you have trivia <laughs> on that. <laughs> Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, can be seen doing the splits now. Okay. How much was he paid to wear Wolverine brand shoes in the opening fight scene of Time Cop? Two dollars and a Snickers bar. Did you all realize regarding Time Bandits that that most of the cast were Monty Python fans and wanted to work with Terry Gilliam? So that's a big reason why they did it. That's how they got Shelley Duvall. Yeah, that was so strange seeing her in this by the way i've my only other association with her yeah (laughs) twice my only other association with her is the shining so to go from that to this is very jarring that is quite a different role you never watched shelly duvall's fairy tale theater i was about to say that too is that that's a thing i've never heard of that yeah it was a thing it was a weird thing Uh, but it was a thing all right Uh, But my question to you guys is, what director would you love to get to work with if he or she called you, called you up, not necessarily to act, I mean, maybe, (laughs) but uh, to do some function that you're already skilled at? So it could be acting, it could be something else. Uh, Let's start with uh, Chris. Oh, man. I mean, it's if a director is like, I want to work with you, I'm with Paul, I'm kind of like, I, you know, I'm not too picky, you know, (laughs) I'm not going to be like... Oh, you're a first-time director? If J.J. Abrams calls me up and he's like, I want you to be in my movie, I'd be like, I'm really holding out for Spielberg, you know? So I was just about to say, (laughs) that's so funny because that is, I was... Appreciate it, J.J. J.J. uh, is usually my, my, my top pick, but if I had to meet, just meet any director, it would be Steven Spielberg. Mm, Right, totally. mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So it's really, at that point, it's really a question of, like, who's your favorite director? Fine, go with that then, guys. And I'd I'd probably have to just go with Spielberg just because of the breadth of his work and just the variety of of his work is is pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. He kind of broke the, he was kind of pegged as being, like, this comedy action adventure director for Mm -hmm. a while. And then he migrated into, no, I can do like serious, dramatic, yeah. award-winning films like Schindler's List and mm-hmm. crap. And so, uh, <laughs> crap. and crap. Yeah. Well, and musical I mean, crap and, coming and, up too. <laughs> and and literal crap, because I think he was involved with uh, Indiana Jones 4. Um, <laughs> I, I've never heard of this. There's an Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones 4? No, that can't be. That's nope. got to be a, a, nope. a fan that, theory. No, there's only three. Yeah. I, I, only that's three. what I thought. That's what I thought. Uh, yeah. Okay, so seems to work for Chris. Is that the same for you, Paul? That's what you yeah, said. Yeah, I echo everything Chris just said. Okay. How about you, Francisco? For me, I, I mean, yes, Steven Spielberg would be amazing. I was trying to think of someone else. Um, I think Robert Zemeckis because he did some good ones oh, yeah. in the '80s and '90s, especially his more recent stuff. I'm like, uh, I don't like. I don't really like any of his CG stuff. Yes. I don't like any of his CG yeah. stuff. It's didn't like Beowulf. Beowulf was weird. Yeah. yeah it's too uncanny valley for me, I think. Well, they yeah. all are because it keeps pushing the envelope. I really yeah. I, but I'm really looking forward to I'm sorry, the, the monster in movie. stilettos was just weird. Like <laughs> Oh yeah. Angelina yeah. Jolie's character is that who you're talking about? Yeah. 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 She, yeah. He has a next one, a, a new one coming out that's all CG or something. Uh, they're Paul? supposed to be he's supposed to be working with um Tin uh who was he working with? Was it Spielberg? I don't know. On the Adventures of Tintin? No, well, Adventures of Tintin was Spielberg and Peter Jackson. Oh, that wasn't... I thought they used Zemeckis in that, but I guess they um, didn't. Uh, maybe. 
No, I know no, the Zemeckis no, right. Cube right. was in Ray Player One with Spielberg directing. Yeah, but... that was the best. That was his best role. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, so that's that's what, your trivia. What director out. would you not want to work with? Would oh, probably be a better better oh, question. Like, hey, what director? Question. If they called you up, you'd be like, No, Jonathan. Peters? I don't know. <laughs> Who's hmm. that one? I don't know. I don't know if I hate anyone that much. I, yeah. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty down to sell my soul. So. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Uh, for They're me... like, Chris, we want you to star in Showgirls 2. <laughs> wow. We're making a sequel. Oh I'd be like, uh, okay. Who's As a director, I, d I don't hate... Uh, Somebody in the, in the chat is saying Brian Singer. That's a good call out. Yeah, I was thinking in, in terms Singer. of like, uh, like as a director, he wasn't bad, but as a, a person, person, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few like that. Mm. Um, yeah, like I've yeah. heard. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm going to change my answer. I'm going to say John Carpenter. I think I would like to work on and be in a John Carpenter film or be attached to it in some way because mm. he's a, a director. I really. Uh, enjoy his his filmmaking but someone who mm. i wouldn't want to be is yeah brian singer came to mind but um as much as i love his movies i think james cameron i've heard is really hard to work with so that would probably be more of a pain than it would be a joy so I'll go now with, with, with james cameron i'd just be like you know what just Suck it up. Yeah. Draw, yeah. draw me like one of your French girls. I'm yeah. down. <laughs> I'd be the same way. I'm like, J James, yeah. by the way, if you ever listen to this, feel free to call me up. Don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> At least yeah. give me an offer. <laughs> All right, I'll give you an out. Great trivia, Francisco. And I have the answer to our last audience question, which again was, what U.S. president would you like to have seen act in a movie? Oh, yeah. So Ken Ooh. Cummings answered this by saying, it would be awesome to see George Washington in a romantic comedy. Yeah. Father of our country romancing. You know, I was thinking that I would, would like funny. to see George Washington in, in a movie just to see what he looked like back then. Sure. So. Well, he, yeah. you see him in the paintings. I'm sure he looks exactly like that. Uh, sure. <laughs> Hello, $1 bill. You must be exactly <laughs> like him. Yeah. All right. But are you ready for this episode's listener question? Yes. What is All it? All right. Here it is. If you could go back in time, what artifact, painting, relic, etc., would you want to take? Let's say you can pay for it, though. You don't have to steal it. Mm -hmm. So what would it be? Send your answers to trivia at RetroRewindPodcast.com by the time we record our next episode, which gives you usually a week and a couple days if you listen to this on the day it releases. But now that we have all had some trivial fun, let's find out the, what memories you, our awesome rewinders, had about Time Bandits. Dustin Warford says, don't touch it. It's evil. <laughs> exactly. Dallas Panda Marshall Mora says, I remember many a road trip watching this film. Really? Film. He says film. I don't know why I said film. But he continues, Fel feel asleep. That's why I said film. Oh, okay. He says, Feel asleep a few times, but enjoyed it all the more. Okay. Demons fell asleep. Yeah. yeah. Matthew Cosby says, I grew up with this movie. Absolutely love it. There you go. Some right. people liked yep. it growing up. Ryan R. Jackson says, oh, goodness. I remember. All I remember is a bunch of little people, a big face, and a lot of stupidity. <laughs> uh, let's see. 
David Gardner says they landed on a boat, the Titanic. John Harju says, re re return the map. re return what you have taken. Nathan James Norman says, I remember wanting to like it, but never being able to appreciate it. Brian Minto says, all I remember is, Mom, Dad, it's evil. Don't touch it. <laughs> Boom. And R- Ricky Lambert says, never seen it. And maybe there's some good reasons not to ever see this film. Let's uh, get into the things we didn't like about Time Bandits, spinning it up our... Was three. The top three things we didn't like. Uh, I'm going to kick us off this time. Oh, yeah, see, I beat you to it. I beat you to it, Paul. Oh, you ah. beat me to it. How dare you, sir? So <laughs> <laughs> this is very much a little quibble. But when they're in the medieval medieval times, dinner and tournament, no, the medieval uh, uh, time period, um, they, they're they uh, walking along after they've stolen the stuff from Shelley Duvall and the other guy, the prince and the princess. Um, how is it that they all get trapped in those foot, foot traps things that pull you up into the tree? Oh, that they walk in there? Yeah. yeah. Oh, each one has a trap for them yeah. singularly? How would the bandits have the exact number of traps just ready for oh, those there were guys? more for other people were that walked by. They were didn't there. trigger them. Were there. Yeah, I saw was, the behind the scenes. It was just like a bunch of, yeah, bunch of Yeah. Well, traps. that's what logic is. It was like a, a minefield of traps. That? A minefield of rope traps. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys. Yeah. Chris, it's a fantasy movie. What, what I guess would you say blew up for you about this movie in a explosive bad way? <laughs> mm. The evil. Well, <laughs> see, I got to save that one for later. Oh, okay. But some part, so some parts were like a live action version of those, you know, Monty Python. I love Monty Python. Yeah. Some parts felt kind of like a live action version of like those those animation cutscenes from Monty Python. Oh, yeah. I could see uh, that. Yeah. That that kind of like just don't make any sense. Mm-hmm. But and didn't it like, Terry Gilliam actually wasn't he the was he the animator that did that? I'm trying to. Th- well, he didn't do any animations I, I, in this, though. I think is what Chris no, is but what to say. I mean, it would make sense yeah. if he did yeah. that. Uh, yeah. Well, and, yeah, and and honestly, I love Monty Python, but those were kind of like my least favorite part of Monty Python. Like they they were sometimes good for a laugh, but mostly they just don't make sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and they yeah, kind of terrible. like there was like like the scene where like okay, they're on this ship, and then like. There's this sneeze that like blows the ship away, so you know it's just a regular ship. But wait, no, it's not. The ship is a hat. Yeah, I thought that was creative. No, and, it is um, creative, but <laughs> but but it is just so like random and weird. And it was hard to like. I, I guess it, the my problem was it was like hard to get a grasp of like what kind of movie this was. Yeah, because it felt like the movie didn't really know. And I think that's probably a reflection of Terry Gilliam. Because looking back, as much as I you know I love Monty Python. Uh, I'll, I'll quote Holy Grail every day for the rest of my life. Like in terms of like ter- Terry Gilliam films, mm-hmm. yeah. Like I don't, I don't really like love any of them. Mm. Like the whole like Mister Parnassians one uh, and Adventure yeah, Munchausen. I've, I've those I've never like found. Like I don't know what it is. Uh-huh. I don't know what this movie is, and I don't know what to do with it. And it's, I, I feel like that was true of Time Bandits. So it sounds like when Terry Gilliam is directing a movie that's an actual like narrative story, 
then it, yeah. he's not able to do it. But when he's directing a bunch of skits that don't make a lot of sense with each other that he calls a movie, then you like it. Well, did you ever see 12 well, Monkeys? Actually, no. And I have heard lots of people say that's a good one. Yeah, um, so I, I haven't actually watched that one. I've seen but 12 Monkeys. But this is not one of them. I don't really care for it. Yeah. Oh, wait, did he direct 12 Monkeys? Yeah. Oh, I wonder why I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, no, but Monty Python is different because you know what Monty Python is. It's yeah. just ridiculous all the way through it's not supposed to be like this really compelling narrative it's more like like holy grail like flying circus for example is obviously it's just sketch comedy like you don't go to saturday night live and and come away from that like what was the overarching like story they were telling through all these random sketches i would like to see monty python and the holy grail was a lot of just kind of that but set within a story that the story isn't what draws you. You're not going there for, oh, are they going to find the Holy Grail? Yeah, what, where is this there. journey going to take the them? It's in the title. It's in the oh, title. Good. No. Let's review Monty Python <laughs> no. and the Time Cop. <laughs> no. The, from the opening credits, you should know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. Like, like Monty Python and the Holy Grail, you know what you're getting into from the opening no, credits. I didn't. You know. I, yeah, oh, the, no, like all I the did. talk about I, llamas and like firing the people who were responsible for firing the people responsible for the llamas in the opening credits of, of Holy Grail. You're right. It's fantastic. And it sets the tone for the rest of the movie and the yeah. whole like, let's not bicker and argue about who killed who and just like all this random like you you if you understand Holy Grail correctly, you understand it's just an excuse to be ridiculous. But Terry yeah. Gilliam's other movies are pretending to tell an actual story and mm-hmm. actually trying to tell a story, but he can't figure out what he's doing and, he, it, it's, and it's not like, consistent. Yeah, it's almost like he he feel this. I, I would agree with you, Chris. And it sounds like another way I put that is it's almost like he's leaning on non sequiturs to get him to the next stage because he doesn't know how to transition from one scene to another necessarily. Well, that's why he has that yeah. map and the holes that they go through. So it's a transition. Those represent the holes in the story. Ah, yes. I see. Gotcha. Well, let's go to uh, Paul next. What's something you didn't oh, like about this film? Or My um, Python and the Holy Grail. We could go, if you don't want to do dislikes of that, yeah. I'm totally right. fine. What I didn't understand is why Jean-Claude Van Damme <laughs> was... <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. Holy um, Grail was a perfect work of cinema okay it was perfection how do i for what uh, it was kick chris off this podcast that um <sighs> here we go <laughs> oh wait we need to finish the rest all right wait bring oh, him back yeah. in okay okay, okay. you can okay. go back okay all right all right, all right. Uh, one, one of the things that i struggled with as a kid that unfortunately i struggled the same way as an adult is mm. like okay i want to go on a ride yeah. with this film you know like so i associate myself with the kid and yeah. honestly after watching it i don't want to be uh hijacked by these time bandits for yeah. lack of a better word yeah. go through all these crazy uh kind of horrific like trying to escape with your life kind of scenarios mm-hmm. and then at the end to have my parents blow up and yeah. then and my house set on fire like it it does not leave me wanting to be in this world yeah i i don't relate in i in a way like to 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 this 
journey yeah i think it's yeah. very creative mm-hmm. but it doesn't make me want to join in on it yeah that exactly yeah that's a great way of putting it mm-hmm. that was i didn't make my uh, top three but yeah one of them was that i really just wish kevin had, was able to stay with king agamemnon Agamem- agamemnon yeah Ariopagus. um uh king agamemnon uh who's sean connery's character but yeah and I was then say james bond yeah <laughs> anyway uh, but something else I didn't like that didn't make my top three, uh, dislikes were, and this is something I think, I'm not sure if it's Terry Gilliam or if it's a uh, British or, uh, like late seventies, early eighties, uh, filmmaking in general. I don't think that's the case because you don't see this type of cinematography and things like star Wars or Raiders of the Lost Ark or things like that. But I just, for whatever reason, and maybe it's just a certain style that I I don't like. But the way this movie was shot, the way my Python is shot, other or my Python and the Holy Grail—that's the only my Python I've seen. Um, other movies in this time period that I, I recall having seen, I just don't like how they're how they're shot. The shot composition seems really wonky or very standard or just cliche. I, and I'm not a cinematographer, so I don't know the all the ins and outs of what makes it. But it doesn't look polished. Like we were talking to Spielberg as the director we'd like to to work with if if he phone us up. Yeah. And I just I can think of so many shots of his that just look so beautiful. Like you'd want a painting of it up on your wall. They're just so done well. They're lit so well. And I can't think of a one in this that's well, like Spielberg that. charges millions for that kind of output. Unlike. <laughs> the the production of the east films that you're used to all right so okay peter bijou or however you pronounce his last name that's your dislike the the cinematographer i guess i mean i think it's a combination of him and terry gilliam saying up what the shots are going to be but yeah it's just mm. i yeah i mean the director is definitely the you know the primary yeah. like in terms of if he wants a good cinematographer or if he's got a vision he should be you know exactly telling the cinematographer what to do exactly yeah. get in line okay so that's that's Make it my more like spielberg Come on. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> let's send your spielberg of this thing up uh chris let's go back to you with something else you didn't like um so kind of along the same lines and in, in terms of like not being able to nail down what it was mm. uh just in in terms of the the interest level in the show i felt like uh. okay yeah there's a lot of like kind of magical random stuff going on um but the story like the story just kind of wasn't interested enough or like paul said like it wasn't like you don't want to go along for the journey like you don't identify with any of the characters and even if you identify with the boy it's like there's no like all right we're this is our trajectory we know where we're heading Mm -hmm. This yeah. is the end that we're, you know, we're reaching for. And then, okay, this is the happy ending we're looking for. There, right. there wasn't really any of that. There's and no one eye willy with the treasure to find. Yeah, exactly, right. exactly. And it wasn't like, and you can, you can be very forgiving of that mm-hmm. if it's nonstop laughs. Yes, like, yeah, yeah. Like, like, again, Monty Python, to me, is nonstop laughs. It's just ridiculous right. nope. throughout. Or Airplane or something like that, yeah. I know Fra- Francisco, and there's a lot of rebellious people in Monty Python, and that's really hard for you. 
It's rebellious in, children mainly, but yeah. Uh-huh. These are grown-ups that never grew up, so there's just uh, older oh, in, rebellious children. In Monty Python, it's the rebellious peasants, isn't it? It's the, <laughs> Did you see that? Did you see him repressing me? We are in it. Okay, just let the rabbit eat them all. Okay, continue, Chris. Yeah. So it wasn't funny enough to make up for the lack of story. Totally. Like I'm, I can, see I can that, yeah. totally forgive lack of story if you're entertaining me in another way the yeah, whole time. If yeah, it's yeah. hilarious the whole time, I'm down. And it had a couple funny parts, mm-hmm, but those mm-hmm. were more just like sprinkled in like, oh, John Cleese's Robin Hood is hilarious. Mm-hmm. But then like Agamemnon, like it's not... It wasn't funny. It was just yeah. like, it was kind of interesting. Yeah. Like, and it kind of gets your hopes up that he'll hang out with exactly. him, but then he's stolen away. But hey, yeah. he's and a fireman later, so it might yeah. work out. Yeah. And he ditches the kid. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. So, and it was just, yeah, it was just like, and, and sometimes instead of humor, it was like, absurdity was a substitute for substance and humor throughout it in a lot of parts. Oh, uh, yeah. Like where evil genius like starts spinning the cowboys around and then like out of the top of his head comes this weird like the carnival music starts playing and it just comes (laughs) out and like starts slicing and it was so weird or the scene where like the the you know the the pirate ship hat giant comes out Mm. and like there's a lot of focus on this random cottage where there's like some weird like i don't know what they were puppets or creatures kind of bickering yeah and they spent a lot of time like showing them bickering in that cottage before the giant stepped on it and it was like it wasn't funny it was just like weird yeah yeah so i don't know i i can totally get behind that chris there was a lot that was just if this felt like he was trying to be an adventure with some comedic bits, but the yeah, that is too too random for the adventure to yeah. be really fulfilling. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, Paul, what's one more just like you have before we get to our tragic makers? Um, this is more of a logical thing that mm. take that took me out and it's more of a plot hole, mm-hmm. is um uh, they get this mind control um suggestion that they go after the greatest object in all the world yeah um and then later we cut to randall the 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 leader slash not leader but really the leader of the the little people Mm -hmm. he all of a sudden is is telling kevin no it does exist we have to go after it and it's you know in this in this place on the map that's in the middle of nowhere it's like how did all right, everyone was against this. Talk about like there's no ending or no goal. All of a sudden there is a switch of, oh no, wait, there is, and we're gonna go after it and we need your help. And like, yeah. where did that switch come from out of nowhere? And yeah. it just it was too much of a jump or a plot hole or something that did not make logical sense for hmm. this fantasy adventure to all of a sudden do uh a, a, a almost a 180. Because they uh, were against it when the suggestion came out, and then yeah. all of a sudden it's like, no, it doesn't. Well, how do you know it exists? And how do you? Why are you going to abandon your greatest quest to 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 steal for treasure? I mean, if you've ever gone throughout time, you know that's not the greatest way to get rich. You want all the money coming to you. You don't go after all the money. You get so. gray sports almanac if you want to get rich. <laughs> yeah, uh, you tell him, Biff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's that's very fair. So let's get to our tragic makers, guys. The things we hate most about time bandits. Let's start with Chris. All right. So 
the ending is just that's my tragic maker. Yeah. The ending was down. just oh like you gone through this whole journey, and then yeah. at the very end, like he gets back home, and his parents explode. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and then you see like King Agamemnon like putting out the fires and whatever. Mm-hmm. And you th- and there's like maybe this glimmer of hope, like oh maybe they'll like somehow like reconnect yeah, and like exactly. this random fireman will adopt this child or something. Yeah, yeah. but he's just like, yeah. nope, I'm hopping in my fire truck and heading away. Yeah, peace, peace out, out <laughs> and I'm gone. And then freaking Kevin is just chilling there with he, he's like, oh great, you got like some Polaroids of your great adventure. Now mm-hmm. off to the orphanage for you, kid, because. Yeah. Yeah. Like well, the, yeah, social services isn't there to help him either. So I don't. Yeah, know. <laughs> it just seems so just gonna, existential. Like uh, there's no point. Or it's just all meaningless. It's all nihilistic. Yeah, yeah. nihilistic. That's probably a better way, way to put that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <sighs> and and it was just like you just went through this whole weird journey, and then the end, like doesn't. And, like, and again, to compare it to Monty Python and the Holy Grail, yeah. which is a perfect perfect work of uh, film. Um, <laughs> cinematic history hilarious the whole way through and the ending is hilarious because you you've realized by this point that everything is just ridiculous so of course they're gonna randomly like arrest everybody at the at the end yeah and, of course you know <laughs> that spoilers. makes sense and and then it's roll roll credits that totally works for monty python because it's consistently ridiculous and hilarious the whole way through yeah. But you can't have an ending like that for uh, Time Bandits because, like, you, you know, it's yeah. supposed to at least, it feels like it's at least trying to tell some kind of story. Right. As, as disconnected and inconsistent as it is. And then yeah. the ending is just like, now nah, we gave up. Yeah, I, I, I'm right there with you, Chris. Um, Paul, did that, was that what made your uh, tragic maker, the, the ending or some other, uh, some other component um, of Time Bandits? You'd think, but I'm going to go in a different direction with The my, beginning, uh, you hate how it started. No, even weirder. The middle. So, uh, and this Monty is for me Python pers- and the Holy Grail, you hated that movie. No, and it what influenced I your hatred really of this. I really hated yes. is when Jean-Claude Van Damme <laughs> showed up. In the middle of a Monty Python movie, and started. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and the, again, this is for me personally. I don't expect many people to have the same thing. It's kind of like when rebellious children just ruin uh, an that's entire for me. movie yeah. for you. Okay, fair. Um, for me, I know this is fantasy, mm-hmm. but when you deal with characters like who are essentially God and Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I had this, a similar problem with the movie, uh, legend where they deal with the, these iconic characters who are real, very real to me. But when in a fantasy movie, they do, they are called that, but they do not have the same attributes. Oh, it, it really bothers me. What, um, wait, what attributes did they, did you want them to have? Well, for example, every character or in this film is inept in some way is very oh. flawed oh, okay even including mm. god himself yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah uh, and even if he had help creating the universe like getting these little guys to help him create their his creation is also inept in in what they do every little mm. thing is ju- and that just grinds me the um the wrong way gotcha uh, so 
I, I, there's a line in there where Randall's explaining. You see, to be quite frank, Kevin, the fabric of the universe is far from perfect. It was a bit of a botched job, you see. We only had seven days to make it. So, <laughs> yeah. it, you know, that kind of thing is like, look, I understand yeah. it's fantasy, but for me, and you're, you're touching... Yeah, you're, you're mm. touching on on truths that people have that really wrestle people really wrestle with mm-hmm. these truths mm-hmm. and so when you put it in a in a comedic fantasy and you mm-hmm. turn it on its head in a negative way it bothers me personally gotcha and so i, I feel I, like it would have been fine if they'd had a drawing of muhammad included <laughs> <laughs> to balance it out yeah, yeah. No, i'm kidding there yeah, you go sorry shiva also in the back yeah, I, I yeah. so yeah. It, it, it's hard for me to sit through those kind of movies and not uh, be bothered by it. Okay, I'm. Yeah. I'm. I would say. Oh, go ahead, Chris. Oh, I was gonna say. I would. I would say like like the actual like creation part of it isn't as bothersome as yeah. much as like the the characterization of God. Right. You know, in the end, when you when you finally meet him. And he's, or even when know, he's just, chasing him, like bring back what you have stolen. Well, if he's right. God, he's all powerful. He yeah. can send him back if he wanted. You know. Yeah. Well, maybe uh, he, he wants he, them to make the choice, though, Paul. Oh, yeah. I don't know. He just seemed kind of like callous and uncaring and just yeah, kind of, I see that. you know, just kind of like not a, not an overly positive characterization yeah. of, of, of God's Mo- personality. Yeah. So. Much more like the type of God. I, I forget if it's called deism where it's like God just made the universe and then left. And, and now we're, it's just like yeah. running on its own. Um, yeah, but uh, I, for whatever reason, for whatever reason, the the portrayal of Satan and 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 God and this didn't rub me the wrong way. But I can appreciate how that would for you, Paul. I totally get that. You don't, you don't, you don't go to Time Bandits for your your theology, Francisco. Not you usually. Don't, like, no. Looked okay. Yeah, I know it's crazy. The thing that Weird. rubbed me the wrong way the most in Time Bandits was just Randall and the Time Bandits. The- <laughs> I mean, they were certainly interesting characters, but none of them were likable. Not a one of them was interesting. The, the guy who ate a bunch of stuff was kind of, that was a fun little quirk that made him different. But yeah. everything else, all, all of them, I just, I, I got a little sad whenever their hull would get taken away, whether it's from Robin Hood or it gets all off the boat yeah. or what have you. And I'm like, well, so essentially your last trip was wasted. Great. But, but I didn't like them and I wasn't really rooting for them that much. Uh, so that's, it's, it's hard when you have a, uh, an ensemble like this and you don't care about any of the ensemble cast. So were you r- rooting for yeah. Bilbo Baggins as, as Napoleon there? I did like seeing Ian Holm. That was fun, <laughs> but I didn't, I, I, I think, I guess I don't know enough about Napoleon. Maybe if I knew more, I'd get the comedy Watch more. Bill and Ted's excellent adventure. I've seen Bill and you, Ted's oh, That's all excellent. you need to know about Napoleon. Oh my gosh. <laughs> you don't have to know a lot about Napoleon. You just have to know that he's, he's stereotyped and... as having short man syndrome. Yeah. He Actually, apparently, he actually wasn't that short oh, compared really? to average, but, oh, okay. but people like to just characterize him that way. Ah, so there you gotcha. Go. That so, was the joke. Got it. Okay. Well, fair enough. But it didn't make me laugh. So, tragic maker. But now that we've entered all our trajectories into the firing computer, Alice, you have a firing solution for us. Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready. On your mark. 
Alrighty, it's time for the moment of truth. Do we rate Time Bandits? A classic. We'd recommend anyone go see this film, whether or not they've seen it before. A nostalgic, if you have fond memories of it, I guess it's definitely worth your time to revisit and relive those memories. Uh, but if you've never seen it, eh, probably just go watch something else. Time Cop, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Or Maybe do we rate a tragic? It's not worth anyone's time. If you've never seen it, keep it that way. And if you have fond memories of it, don't rewatch it now because you'll likely sully those fond memories. Uh, let's start with our guest, Chris. What is your final reign for Time Bandits? All right. So I have a technical question before I answer. So yeah. if is the if I. Is the nostalgic rating like from my perspective or like more like potentially like if someone else enjoyed it as a child? I'm, from, I'm struggling with that myself, let's be honest. I typically <laughs> say it's from your own perspective. If you would like to okay. generalize, you're more than welcome to. But I, I'm fine with it just being your perspective. You're the guest. You get to have that. So time. my. All right. I'll. So because to me, I'm like. I was a teenager when I saw it. It had already been out for a long time, so I have no nostalgic attachment to it mm -hmm. other than giving my friend a hard time for <laughs> suggesting it in the first place. But nice. I could see how someone might have, you know, some fond memories uh -huh. of like, oh, this was a ridiculous movie. I didn't even know what was going on as a kid, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, right. And, and could appreciate this, the nostalgia of it that way. Yeah. But for me, I don't have that, so I would tend towards Tragic Maker, which I think... A tragic, yeah. Tra tragic rating, which I think this would be, like, my first time actually rating something tragic on this show. So it could be. <laughs> I could look at that. I could rate but... other things tragic, but it was a joke. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I have to go with Tragic on this. All right. Tragic from Chris Cowan. Send your hate mail to Nate Henderson at uh, stayinbrave.com. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Okay, so tragic from Chris. Uh, Paul, what was your final reign? So, oh, so man. Chris, Chris uh, your prediction was tragic. You ended up being tragic. Paul, your prediction was mm -hmm. also tragic. Did it end yeah. up being so? So prior to starting the recording of this episode, I have been teetering between tragic and nostalgic myself oh, really? Not, okay. no, even up to this point like what do i what is my final and i would not watch this movie again unless it was for you know one of these review shows kind mm -hmm. of a thing mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. but i i understand like what chris said if people enjoyed it in the past i think they would enjoy it again in the in the future mm -hmm. um and I wouldn't mind watching it again if it was, you know, for something. But overall, as a movie as a whole, I don't like it that mm -hmm. much. Mm -hmm. So I think I'm going to yeah. go the way of tragic as well. All right. Two tragics. And by the way, uh, Chris. Like if it was a choice between seeing the movie again and like having to slip my wrist, I'd see the movie again. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but like, you know, it. It wouldn't be my first choice. Yeah. All right. Fair. Um, <laughs> wow. Uh, also, a point of order, Chris, you actually did rate Young Guns a tragic. So oh, this is not I? your first tragic. Oh, okay. Yes, you did. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So for me, I predicted nostalgic, again, having never seen this. And I think my, my rant, that prediction is going to stand. I could see, I don't know if I necessarily would watch this again, but I, I found enough of it enjoyable 
uh, that I would like. I I could see myself watching again if my kids, for whatever reason, wanted to see it again. I could be like, all right, I guess we could, I could watch that. Um, it's not it's certainly not my favorite. I like you guys. I don't have a lot of nostalgia for it. Um, yeah. But it it wasn't so off putting to me in any way. However, I do worry that if I were to watch it again, I could very easily get fall asleep to it or get bored sure. by it. That I feel like there's a lot of potential there. So. So yeah. it's lucky this is my first time. Otherwise, it could have been very much a tragic for me. Yeah. yeah. Keep waiting for Jean-Claude Van Damme to show up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, well, according to the Retro Rewind podcast, with two tragic and nostalgic, we rate Time Bandits, a disputed tragic film. Uh, probably don't go see this, whether or not you've seen it before. But now it's time to get back to our own time, good old 20XX. 20XX. Homesets online. Receiving incoming transmission. Oh, it feels good in the neighborhood to be back. Uh, but we wouldn't have been able to travel back to 1981 to begin with if it weren't for our amazing reflux capacitors. We don't need a time map. We need re- reflux capacitors. Uh, namely... Jared Holzauer, Deborah Powers, Brian Keating, Patrick Hicks, LJ Lowry, Chris Cowan. Oh, you're right here. Chris Woo-hoo. Owens, Geek Devotions, The Untold Podcast, James Kennison, Drew of the Cellcast, Ashley Cronenbitter, Pastor Deucin, Kenneth Inn, Redeemed Otaku, uh, Ryan Lingle, That's Our Babo, Josh Adams, D. Tungsten, Andy Lewis, Jeff, Lil Ronan, The Dapper Man Reviews, and Tony from The Retro Days, in addition to eight other awesome patrons as well. Thank you all so much for keeping the gigawatts coming. And if you want to keep us flying for as little as one dollar a month and get bonus content for your generosity head over to retro rewindpodcast.com slash support to help us grow via patreon subscribe star or paypal this stream is sponsored by pauljpowers.com and while we're thanking our supporters we also want to give a big or should i say little pirated oh hug to, our, to chris cowan for supporting us with his thoughts about time bandits tonight mm-hmm. so chris where can people find you online and is there anything cool you got going on that people should know about Yes, uh, you can find me at stunningandbrave.net where I have a podcast uh, with my good buddy Nate Henderson who's also been on uh, Retro Rewind several times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And uh, it's a comedy podcast where we kind of poke fun at pop culture and, and people being fools on social media, that kind of thing. You can also uh, follow me on Instagram at madcowan. Very cool. Thank you again so much, Chris. It's always fun having you on the show. So glad you were able to come back for Time Bandits. Yeah. And a hearty thanks to those of you. Yes, you listening right now for the first time. And of course, all of you who are a part of our Rad Rewinder community. You all who watch us live every week, whether we're recording this podcast or playing retro games, are an amazing group of people helping sustain the pod. But if you are looking for ways to get involved in growing this Retro re- Rewind endeavor, reach out to us on social media where we are at Retro Rewind Pod, pretty much everywhere. Uh, you could buy some of our merch, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser, become a monthly patron, or simply just share your favorite episode of the podcast with a friend. Like, do you like it when... when Podcast hosts are talking about one movie, then keep talking about another movie. Well, then maybe yeah, you like should Monty share Python. This time, and the Holy Grail. Never mind, scratch <laughs> that. But whatever right. your favorite episode is, uh, share that with a friend so that more people can enjoy the content of the Retro Rewind Pod. What you have stolen from me, 
Nah. You've been listening to the RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 231. Our review of Time Bandits with me as your exo, PaulJPowers.com. You can find me online and all my social media at PaulJPowers.com. Not oh. .net, like stunning and brave.net. It's .com, PaulJPowers.com. Oh. .com. That's spelled C-O-M. We can't all be millionaires just <laughs> dropping loads of cash on the .com <laughs> domain. Yeah, Paul. Well, Why you gotta be well, a millionaire? I understand. Look, uh, look, I understand the dot coms are more expensive, but the stunning and brave dot com was a little more expensive than the Paul J, J Powers dot com. Just to be honest, so. probably, probably. <laughs> anyway, uh, thank you for being an amazing friend, Paul. Amazing bandit. I mean, you're not really one, but you know. Uh, and for another fun voyage. I have been and continue to be captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz. Find me on Twitter at FXRetro underscore, especially if you need pixel art work commissioned. Captain, we are on final approach to base as we go through this time map. <laughs> thank you, XO, and thank you all for listening. We pray you are more joyful now than when you first hit play, but like a Pokemon, we gotta catch you all for Indiana Jones and the fate of Atlantis, our next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. <laughs> Retro Rewind Mission Complete Proceed to Nap Point Omega And return to base <laughs>